Like a buddy cop movie where both guys are the loose cannon. It's Sin the Fields. Welcome to Sin the Fields. I'm Tad Whistle. I'm Patrick Stegemiller. Pat, 150 episodes. Oh my God. Seven years. Wow. Do the math. Seven years. Do, Do the, the math. math. I don't think I can. Those don't, it's not, it's not easily divisible. One fi- it's not divisible at all, actually. Right. Seven's a prime number. I don't know if that matters in this context. But it's, I think it does. I think it matters a great term. deal. Do you know, do you know what the seven year anniversary gift is? Um, Ash. Keep in mind, they're all goofy gonna, at the Ash. beginning. Right. Now, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. But unfortunately, according to a practical wedding.com, it is wool slash copper. Like, so like steel wool? Like like the like the thing you clean like the bottom of a crock pot out with you're just gonna, bottom of a sink with yeah right yeah just like here, yeah it's here, wool here slash you go, honey happy seven year anniversary now if you could get back in the kitchen and start scrubbing the bottom of that that'd be <laughs> that's fucked up it's fucked up whoever decided these anniversary things it's antiquated it's very antiquated well what's 20, the what's the fiftieth year because for hundred fifty episodes oh. and honestly some of those early ones it took us about a year to do. Uh, when we'd lose the show twice and then have to re-record, and that's you'd be, true, you'd be sending Charlie and I an email at four fifty-seven a.m. on a Friday of just like I think it's, I think it's, I don't know, like <laughs> I, I can't believe I didn't go, lose my job. For it. <laughs> yeah, in the er, in the early goings of this show, Pat, I cannot believe I didn't lose my job because I was fucking worthless on Fridays when I was the editor of this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, because and that's like a real timestamp, like 4 a.m. totally on the table as a time to submit the program to uh, I, I'm going to go Charlie. back during one of the breaks and just like randomly look at a like a STF cut that you sent <laughs> in like February of 2016 or something like that and uh, mm-hmm. see what see what the timestamp was. But we definitely wouldn't have gotten to 150 without our editors coming on board and you wouldn't you know, still be a homeowner. That's for sure. I'd be living in an apartment in Carrick. Yeah. <laughs> Just me. I have like a pet turtle. <laughs> who is my world? As I would say on dating apps, I'd be like, I have a pet turtle. Who is my world? <laughs> to try to seem like interesting. Right. Like, ha ha. Funny. Ahead, like, like a turtle's not like a real pet. <laughs> no, yeah. no offense to all the turtles. I storm out of, I storm out of the Panera when they say that. <laughs> How fucking dare you? Wow. I was going to say, I wanted to, wanted to take the opportunity to thank both our current editor, Lindsay Sue, and our mm. previous editor, Claire, bit of Gary Curtis, who, uh, without which the show would not have made it to this steel wool milestone. Um, <laughs> actually, you know, if you want to mail Sue, like a bunch of like, a copper, copper wool. Them, right? Yeah. It's copper wool. Copper wool. Right. If you want, if you want to mail Sue a bunch of like, you know, scrap copper that you found. 
Yeah, tear it out of an abandoned house on the secondary market. I think think they'd appreciate that a lot. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's something you could do out there. You know, it's easy to keep track of the the, the annual anniversary, seven years, because it's our Wildwood episode, which was the one that kicked it off all those mm. 149 episodes ago. Uh, so we've got we've got the Wildwood show coming up. Always excited about this. But before we get to that, before we get to that, um, you know, and if you're if you're listening to this like in a car with some people who haven't listened to the show and you're like, it's about Wildwood. So like, it's cool. Like, it'll be, you know, relatable to what you're about to do this next part. Probably not. Uh, but maybe, um, you know, it, it's, just, it's 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 summer right now. It's peak summer. We've got Wildwood. Uh, we've got the Wook happening right now. Uh, I've got the, the human misery <laughs> at SFI uh, last weekend where USAU just bungled a heat situation. No one died, thankfully. Before we get to any of that, you know, we've got Wildwood right now, which is the third leg of the Mid-Atlantic Party Tournament Triple Crown Tour. We've got to discuss, discuss leg two, which already happened. Mars. We didn't get a chance to touch on it last week in our World Games sort of like emergency pod. The tad, I'm going to clear out a little bit right now. Give you some space. That's right, Pat. Over 4th of July weekend, a uh, special abridged Mars took place in beautiful Steubenville, Ohio at the Jefferson Kiwanis Soccer Complex. And there were some things I wanted to cross off the bucket list at this Mars since now, like, my calf has been very iffy. And, you know, you, you need to do those things around the fields that you always said you were going to do, but you never did. Even if it's like eating in a, at an ambitious restaurant, you know, you're like, wow, one of the one of these days, I'm going to go over there to mm-hmm. like Mother Calhoun's Bar and Grill, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to drink six beers. I'm going to assimilate as a local. And you'd like never do it, and you've gone to, you know, no surf like eight times. and So the, that's where I am uh, in the like regret stage of my career. So for years, I'd been saying I was going to go to Dean Martin's childhood home, Mm -hmm. which is in Steubenville. It's about 15 minutes from the fields. So Saturday, we had the second round by. So we wrapped up, and I said, hey, everybody, I'm looking for a crew, an elite tactical unit to go to Dean Martin's childhood home. And some people stepped up. Some people stepped the fuck up. And then we went there, and it was uh, an empty, grassy lot. It sucks. <laughs> wow, what a metaphor! It was, I mean, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. We found, we found some pool balls near there. We found some pool balls, what? and uh, I, we shotgunned my whole car. We shotgunned an icy light in the grassy, abandoned, mm-hmm. vacant lot where Dean Martin was raised. So at least there was that. But you know what, Pat? Check. And that one's off the bucket list. I you know, I mm-hmm. won't have that. I won't feel the pull of of going back there um, again next year because it's a fucking it's an unkempt lot. Okay. I also want to tell you Can we briefly can we just un- unpack that a little bit? Sure. <laughs> sure, just the, sure. Just the kind of the the searing metaphor of like, all right gotta you know do this kind of dumb thing but it'll be worth it and i'm gonna finally check this off and like everything that i've done is like led me to like i'm in steubenville i'm gonna be here i'm gonna do this thing i'll have this catharsis and you get there and it's just a 
just an empty lot full of, full of ghosts and myth. It's not a. Uh, it's not that dissimilar from qualifying for nationals. Yeah. After, after a thirteen-year club career, it's pretty similar. It's just a different field site, Pat. Uh, and then one day you wake up and you realize the abandoned lot is in your heart. It's in your soul. And that's where the little boy Dean Martin used to live. The little boy you once were. All right. Mm-hmm. Feeling good. <laughs> oh, fucking I'm seven years of this shit. Jesus Christ. I want to tell you about my buddy Dick's impressive stat line. Dick mm-hmm. Birchman, friend of the show. Pat, you know Dick. Yeah, he tends to the seed crop in an underground vault somewhere so that the, the government can always have seeds they need. Or used to. I think that used to be. He did. He used, yeah, yeah. he used to work. He had a... um some kind of like high level security clearance and his place of business was under a mountain like uh like a bond villain where he would have to like check his phone and like get wanded down and then like walk like deep under this mountain in a facility that also kept the original disney films like the like Wait, the physical real? films yes they're in they're allegedly in that facility like the really, really racist Disney stuff. Like the stuff that wasn't even cool then. You right. Know? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, Dick, great guy, dear friend, college co-captain of mine. I want to hit you with Dick's impressive stat line from Mars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Six Gornados attempted. Mm-hmm. Zero Gornados completed. The golden ratio. In about an hour. Yep. Very good. You know, that's that's batting 500 in this league. Um, that is the Mendoza line. Like, it is, actually. It's hard to do. Zero completed Gornados. Cleats on Saturday at 1 p.m. Cleats off Sunday, 4 p.m. Ooh. Zero points played. Wow. Pretty sick, right? <laughs> cleaned it up against they were playing a team that was like running some zone and Dick's like I could go out there and handle it against the zone you know knee does it feel great not really but I throw these cleats on get out there Dick is a notorious cleat lever honor and I'm mm-hmm. so he slept in these cleats presumably yeah in his vehicle yeah. he slept in his cleats he slept in his he slept in his truck yeah that's this is all this is all normal Pat. You're looking at me like ooh, you're being judgmental, dog. And I'm it's not, not judgmental. Cool. I'm just, I'm just impressed. Yeah, sleeping in the cleats, sleeping in the cleats. Why wouldn't you? Other than the obvious, your feet reasons. don't feel. You don't like really know how fucked up your feet are until you take your cleats off. Like my feet right now, never, after, never take them off. Right after playing at SFI this weekend, my feet are rough. Like, I've got blisters in, like, weird places because of, like, how much I sweated in that goddamn swamp. Uh, I've got toenails ready to fall off. I don't really, I didn't know that until Sunday afternoon, though. You know what I mean? So, right. Hmm. I think he's onto something. If you just never take your cleats off, mm-hmm. then your feet will just get tougher and stronger. 
You'll never, they'll never know weakness. You got to get those kangaroo leather soccer cleats. You're like supposed to stick your foot in a huge bucket of water and then walk around at them. Right. Those, maybe those are yeah. cowboy boots. The point is the same, except in this case with $35 Adidas cleats. Mm-hmm. Finally, Pat, the big highlight for Mars. We lost in semis on universe to the team that won in finals. Not a great feeling. I played in three games, then fi- then tweaked the calf, and then uh, did a bunch of gornados with the tweaked calf, you know, as you... Because they're not going to take this from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, your brain, you're not even making sense. You're, like, justifying you're, everything. You're saying you it to no one. You're just out there. Yeah, like, they're not going to take the, what it. What's that? No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. So, we wrap up. We do the thing where we throw the tennis balls in the toilets of piss from mm-hmm. 50 yards away. We played that game for a splashdown, it's called. And then when it all wrapped up, we decided to go get dinner. And the normal dinner spot was closed. The mousetrap in Bavington closed for the, for the fourth. So I was like, well, hey, there's this other bar that's kind of close. It's called the Hangar uh, Sports Bar in Coriopolis. So the Hangar Sports Bar, just really quickly, it's it's like a, uh, this is out the parkway, folks. This is a, like, Toby Keith concert-going Kenny Chesney bar. So we go in there, and there's some regular patrons, a couple guys that, if I were an FBI profiler, would have Lone Wolf written all over them, uh, sitting at the bar. And there's, like, a few random families. And then there's 12 folks from my team random assholes so i'm like you know what i'm gonna go fire up the jukebox i'm gonna get a playlist going and i'm really gonna trojan horse it so i come in with the kenny chesney i ain't as good as i once was sort of rings a bell you know i get it a little uh i love this bar you know get people thinking hey that guy went up that long-haired guy went up there and put this on and then You've got to sneak in a few musical classics. And I was really in a fiddler on the roof mood. Sure. So I put on, I put on Ted, tradition. When are you not in a fiddler on the roof? Mood? That's a good point by you. That's a really good point by you. <laughs> <laughs> so I put on tradition. So the, so the playlist is going swimmingly, Pat. Mm-hmm. It's going very well. We've got this Kenny Chesney. People are loving it. Uh, good energy in the, in the bar. And then tradition comes on. And here's the thing. It wasn't tradition like just the song, you know. It was tradition with like the nine-minute book-ended narration. Like, here in Edetevka, we each have a job or like whatever, you know, at the beginning when he's like filling everyone's milk up. And as soon as that started, I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, no. I know what version this is. Oh, shit, shit. It's nine and a half minutes. And boy, we didn't get too far before a man walked over to the jukebox and unplugged it. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't great. Shout out to Mackenzie Priest on our team who went over and plugged it back in, which somehow skipped Fiddler in the queue, which was exactly according to plan because I had some Jamie Johnson coming on, which is like... He was some song about World War One and how your grandpa was like a fucking hero, you know. It's a song called right. In Color. It's actually a sweet song. 
but it was it's a huge hit at a place like the hangar so that comes on and we're we're uh, we're reeling them back in we're getting the crowd coming back. Like okay, your, his finger must have slipped on that first one before. Like he must have. Like that. That was an accident. He that fu- was an aberration. Yes. Right. Yeah. He must have been looking for the next song that played, which was "Family Tradition" by Hank Jr. Right. So then we we got Hank Jr. I mean, a we had this anyone could have made. Easy to make, right? Because the jukebox is just going to feed you right tradition in the thing. What's it going to say? So then Sunrise Sunset comes on where the daughter of Tevia, the oldest daughter, gets uh, married to the poor Taylor. And the jig was up again, Pat. People were not into it. People were really pissed off. But that's only like three minutes. Is this that little girl I carried? And people are like, but we just heard the bangers. Wait a second. Have I been duped again? So they sat through it, but there's some tension. The mm. guy at the bar is he's upset. He's like looking around and he's like, The fuck is this? What is this? But then before he could like the, formulate the his back. grievance. The, the silverback. Right. The, bar, the right? guy he who feels, unplugged the he fucking He feels a certain box. ownership. He feels a certain like I have to protect the like my pack here. The, my yes, trip. the sanctity of the of the playlists at the hangar sports bar. Right. So then we're back at it with with some Grateful Dead. We got a little going down the road, feeling bad. We're fucking, we're we're bopping. We're you know we're loving it. It's like Brent Midland is the keyboardist in this version. It's very upbeat. And I'll tell you what, Pat. When we got, we didn't get very far past uh, Welcome Monsieur and Master of the House before the bartender shut the jukebox and said, "You think this is fucking funny? You think this is fucking funny? It's not funny." <laughs> I mean, maybe he was just upset about you crossing streams. You know, he wanted you to protect the integrity of Fiddler, not just mix Les Mis in willy-nilly, thinking that he wouldn't recognize that you had traded, you know, one musical classic for another. He thought maybe that you were, oh, you think it's funny? You think it's funny to make fun of hard-working blue-collar folks out here by making we don't know Broadway standards? (laughs) Think that we can't tell? How dare you? Yeah. You're going to go back to the big city? You're from Steubenville, huh? <laughs> the little big apple of southeastern Ohio, you son of a bitch, you highfalutin bastard. It's on me for being part of the ruling class. of. It's not even, you know what? Fuck the hangar sports bar. <laughs> I'm going to go back. I'm going back. I'm going back yeah. once a week for a year. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to do it. I'm going to... I'm going to end up getting killed by a guy wearing a, a fucking thin blue line Punisher t-shirt. I'll be martyred. This can be your this can be your new Dean Martin's childhood home, keeping you coming back to Mars. It's like <laughs> this is the year someone murders me with a pool ball at the hangar. <laughs> Pat, it's time to fill that vacant lot in my soul with a new quest. <laughs> and that quest is getting killed over some truly meaningless shit. To die on the one true battlefield. (laughs) The real, the only way to get to Valhalla. (laughs) I slowly turn around from the jukebox. If I were a rich man. Just 
sucker punched right in the neck. But like with the gravitas of like a character in a movie who needs to like sacrifice himself so that other people can like escape or something, you know what I mean? Like you're getting beaten to death, but it's so like, you know, like the rest of the crew can get out. Ooh, like you, you like kind of bring yeah. that sort of that energy into it. You're like smiling a little bit at the end. <laughs> I take uh I take a youth group who's never heard music before to the hangar sports bar and I'm like, let me play some music for you for the first time. They've never heard mm-hmm. music before. Right. A bunch of homeschooled and then, kids. And yes, homeschooled and from like a weird religious sect. Mm-hmm. Fundamentalist. Uh and then when that guy kills me, it'll be like I'll be so in the right. They don't have no choice but to make you their messiah. <laughs> yeah, it's a real Station Eleven type thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Pat, it was a it was a fruitful Mars. And the last mm-hmm. note I want to say to the Harrisburg team that beat us in semis, I just want you to know, and perhaps this is maturity on my part, but it sure is a lot of maturity on your part. As an injured asshole. Uh, I really tried to get them to take the bait on like every, like every time they scored near the back of the end zone, just like out, out. <laughs> like as the the point is, re- it's resolved. Like people are walking back, and then I'm like, respect my call, <laughs> respect my call, please. And they had the where they were like, ignore him, ignore him. <laughs> Ignore Tad, ignore him. So I just want to say shout out Harrisburg team. That was crafty because I was really, I I wanted one. If I just got one 23 year old to freak the fuck out, we were going to win that game and you didn't take the bait. So congrats on a Mars victory. Well earned. Right now you can sail. Now you can sail out into the West. You know, you've, you've, (laughs) You're ready. You can sail out into the West as Mars champions. Congrats. <laughs> All right. Well, we're about 30 minutes, uh, at least of raw recording time. I have no idea how much of that's going to make it uh, into our Wildwood episode without really talking about Wildwood, which is exactly the correct way to do our 150th episode. Um, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to cut to a quick commercial break here, but then we're going to be back. Get ready for those wild, wild, wild wild Mm. wildwood days Mm. stick around it's in the feeds sunset lake cbd is a hemp farm located just outside of burlington vermont for years, Sunset Lake produced milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream, and in 2019, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. Sunset Lake CBD believes their farm-to-table approach is the best way for you to get responsibly produced, high-quality CBD products that actually work. Sunset Lake CBD crafts topicals, gummies, oils, and more to help with stress, aches, and sleep. Pat, I bet you are fucking wrist deep in some of the Sunset Lake CBD supplements after getting your ass handed to you at SFI. <laughs> fucking inches from death. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
I'm not going to say that Sunset Lake CBD single-handedly kept me alive from the death trap that USAU lured us all into in Fredericksburg. Because that would be irresponsible. That would be irresponsible to that say that. You're not saying deeply that. Deeply irresponsible. I'm not saying that. Um, but, but what I am what I am saying is, if you if you purchase Sunset Lake CBD, you cannot die at a frisbee tournament. So. <laughs> I'm as I'm I'm laying gut shot. And, uh, in the men's room at the Hangar Sports Bar, and you emerge <laughs> I, at my like weakest a, hour, and got a little dropper of like the CBD, <laughs> like the tincture. Just drop a couple in, just like live, live. It's uh, it's the Last Crusade, and I'm uh, Henry Jones Senior. I've mm-hmm. been gut shot by a Nazi, probably in this case, literally, right? Uh, and then you fucking dump CBD juice all over the wound, and it. <laughs> Sort of caught her. I mean, I still die, but it's like I live in agony for like, another like 20 pretty, hours. It's, it's pretty chill about it. I'm, like, yeah, you, I'm you, good you with still, it. You that, still die, but you're like, oh, you know what? I feel like I'm kind of in a groove <laughs> right now. Pat, do you remember episode 113? That was some of our finest work. I'm, I'm smarter for some reason. <laughs> I, will, I will say, one, the balm, the CBD hemp balm was really nice Saturday night. It was really nice on the big sore parts of the body. Oh yeah. And then I will also say, you know, I had some some skeptical teammates, you know, some people who are like, I don't know, try this out. They tried it out Friday night, try to get some sleep beforehand, and then literally, and you can fact check this. You can fact check this world. We got back to my hotel room after dinner on Saturday. There was a line waiting outside of my hotel room for people being like, "Yo, can we get some of those gummies?" We heard they were really good last night, and they like put people like straight to sleep. Can we please get some? That is the Hell true yeah. thing that happened. Yeah. So if you want to be not just successful on the field, but also like develop some social clout as like the guy who has something valuable, right? Like when you were in sixth grade and you didn't have the social skills to actually make friends, but like you got like a cool Christmas present, you know? So like you were like, yeah, come over to my house. This is what a yeah, you were is. the kid. With, you're the kid with the gum, Pat. You're right? the kid with the gum on the bus. You could be Yo, Stegemeller. Give me some of that gum. <laughs> like you got my last name right. Oh my god. Thank you. <laughs> that could be you. That could be you. Sunset Lake CBD. You can use code word sin for twenty percent off discount uh, on the website Sunset Lake CBD. Check it out today. Welcome back to Sin the Fields. Right now, you're probably listening to this on Friday on your way to Wildwood. If you're mm. one of the people who lives within a, I don't know what the like reasonable driving radius for Wildwood is. Seven. Seven? That sounds right. Probably probably more like eight and a half. A lot of people taking the early out Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. It's not know, close to Pittsburgh, Pat. Not close. It's not. There's this is Pittsburgh teams coming out. This Boston teams. That's probably about seven. Like on a Friday, like hitting, hitting uh, traffic, hitting traffic. You got to drive down the whole the whole uh, taint of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're listening to this, sitting in your car, see you shortly. Uh, if not, you live anywhere else in the country or aren't going to Wildwood or listen to this years from now. I'm, you know, I hope you're doing okay. You know, I hope, <laughs> hope things are better. Oh, uh, wow. 
<laughs> imagine imagine being the executor reading Pat's will and having to like parse through nine pages of that like hey hope everyone's great you know you check out when you check out it's not up to me this was un- this was unforeseeable uh, but it was foreseeable because you killed the man who killed me at the hangar mm-hmm. I'm sorry no, but, so I died, just but I died. It. No, leave it. Leave it. it. <laughs> leave it. I died. I died in the effort because, as we all know, when you seek revenge, you dig two graves. Is that a thing? Is that a saying? Yeah. Right. Is it it's like an ancient proverb? Probably. Yeah. Or maybe it's a made-up proverb that Tarantino put into Kill Bill, and I've just intuited is like, oh, oh, that's like a real thing, probably, and not like a fake proverb. That he made up. You oh never my, know. Oh my God. He you would, never know. He would, he would come so hard knowing that you bought that bullshit. He'd be like, oh. Speaking of Tarantino, sucker. speaking of Tarantino coming, <laughs> 150 episodes, probably the time to talk about the Tarantino like foot fetish story, right? Share that with the world. Yeah. 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 So this is unplanned. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat and I had an emergency phone call when this happened because he was texting me and it like, I, I don't know. You like, we're hearing the story from a friend at a bar or something. You're like, dude, my friend, this Tarantino, you, are you available? To, can you talk? Can you talk right now? Was, I'll let you uh, take it from there. This is how I found out about it. This is probably 2016. It was exactly 2016. Actually, I'm a little worried about libel. With okay. this right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a, a friend of a friend who, we, we can't. We can't. <laughs> no, I guess we shouldn't. We shouldn't. You know, and we'll you know what? Subs only. And here's why we shouldn't. Subs only. We're, it would be kink shaming, Pat. It would be We're kink We're not here shaming. to kink shame. That's fucked up. And that's fucked up. Just know that involved a kimono, a screening of the movie Rio Bravo, and a tasteful, a tasteful gift basket. All right. Jesus. That's worse somehow than <laughs> the actual story. All right. Wildwood. All right. Wildwood. <laughs> you know, every year, you know, we get some we get some some stories. We try to think about like we've done this this is our it's our seventh anniversary, but this will be our eighth Wildwood show. Because we started like with one. It's like how a baby is like it's right. you know it's still You're got, a year like, older. Right. Yeah. Right. So how do we keep this fresh? And I think we've long given up on keeping it fresh. But what I do have yeah. here is kind of a what I think is like a, a nice like thesis statement of Wildwood. Like if this is the last, if this is the last like statement that gets to be made about Wildwood on this, on this program from me, because, you know, Quentin Tarantino's lawyers decided that even that was, uh, was too much. And then he butchers me with like a katana that I'm sure he owns. Um, <laughs> then I think this will be appropriate. Wildwood is my favorite weekend of the year, every year. Um, and I think that this email like really, really captures why. So this is from Zach Saffa, who I'm sure some of you on the on the East Coast probably know. And he kind of just it's not like a specific story. It's almost a little bit more of like a tone poem, but it's just kind of like a here is like Wildwood summed up in essence. And uh, I'm gonna read it for you here now. I bet tons of people have great stories that fit into the same recurring themes. It's impossible to recall or list all the individual ones. But here are a couple of those categories off the top of our heads. And I'm sure there are others. One, 
Shit magically coming together that you thought was lost or dead forever. This is, I already can tell you, this is totally true. Mm. Car keys lost in the sand being handed to you by a total stranger on your way to the lost and found the next morning. Sandals gone forever, magically sitting next to your car as you're getting in it to go home. Blackout friends with dead phones strolling in to find you in the back rooms of random boardwalk restaurants they could never see from the outside. Now, I don't doubt that all of those are true because anyone who heard our first Wildwood episode. The teeth. The teeth. (laughs) My friend Carl. The retainer store. It's amazing. My friend Carl, congrats on your wedding a couple months ago. He's now moving to Memphis. Uh, Good for you, Carl. He He like was born without canine teeth or something. So he has like a retainer with like teeth in them and they fell out in the ocean at Wildwood. And it was like, a little panic, like, oh, my God, they're gone forever. And then, like, ten minutes later, our friend Colin just, like, spears them out of the water. And it's just like, these teeth? These teeth that for ten minutes were gone in the ocean? Yeah. The fucking ocean, dude? Yeah. So I, I have no doubt in my mind that every single one of those little instances of car keys being lost in the sand, being handed to you by a total stranger on your way to the lost and found, are true. It's a, it's a magical place. All right, next up. Housing disasters that seem unrecoverable but turn out just fine. Airbnb hosts leaving you a review saying you shat on their shower curtain even though you most certainly did not and you have to delete your account and start over. I've actually heard this story (laughs) and it's true. Non-Frisbee partners running out to the store on Sunday morning to buy shoe polish to repair a damaged table while you're playing your first game. Ghosting random VRBO hosts to avoid admitting one of your number peed on all the mattresses, only to have them look up your mom on Facebook and send her a scathing message about what a horrible son she has. Which, fair. You know what? (laughs) Totally fair. (laughs) Although, to be fair, I think that mom afterwards finally began to understand Frisbee. (laughs) Next up here, old school stuff that has to do with the Bolero, especially when more people stayed there. Which is true. Uh, the Bolero has like used to be a little bit more the center of gravity. It started to lose a little bit of its gravitational pull. Um, there were all the ways to sneak wristbands off of people and onto others, sneaking extra people past the hotel bouncers, getting into lamppost striptease battles with random passersby right outside, someone accidentally sleeping in someone else's bed in the room directly below theirs. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is it. Seven twenty-five. Seven twenty-five. Right. Uh, someone sleeping the entire night on a chair right outside the door to their room because they couldn't figure out how to open it, even though it was unlocked. (laughs) And of course, the cherry on top here, the time the Bolero website finally put up a giant red warning to regular families saying, do not come here the last weekend of July. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'll add to that my own little personal anecdote of the time a group of Rochester moms were blowing lines of Adderall on the, like, banister outside the Bolero because one of them, like, took their son's Adderall, like, for, like, a like a mom's weekend out. That was the most legendary shit that ever happened. <laughs> so they conclude here, they conclude here by saying, there are two secrets to Wildwood that somehow are still secrets. The first one, redacted this form of secrecy, can't reveal it for... for or, you know, it being ruined. But no, there's another one out there. The second one, they argue, is Sunday night. Everyone should know about staying Sunday night, which is a thousand percent the move. Compared to Sunday, there is no traffic on Monday. 
The beach is empty, clean and fun after finals. There's no packing up and taking your stuff somewhere Sunday morning. And somehow, the weather is always great in the 5 p.m. range. And Sunday night is sneakily the most fun night of all. Just you and your best friends extending the dream in relative serenity in total control of the debauchery for one more glorious evening with an admittedly early-ish bedtime. And this is the one area where I will part ways from, from the esteemed company of the, the brain trust that wrote this email. And I have no, no ill will towards them at all. We, I think we can, we, can, we can disagree amicably here. You need, you need to suffer that Sunday night after Wildwood, I believe. I you agree. Need, you need to have that sandy, sunburned, trying to decide, like, do I keep drinking? Do I not? Like, do I don't want to sober up on the way home, you know, but also you've got work in the morning type of situation. That long car ride back up 95 or whatever, you need that to kind of earn the next year in a way. Now, maybe this is like gross puritanical thinking on my part that is uh, horribly problematic and could be. But, but I don't know. I do think in some ways I've had some of my greatest moments of clarity on those Sunday night drives. I, I, I committed to and then years later ended a very fruitful relationship about, about three years apart on a Sunday night drive on the, on the way back. Oh my from God. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a moment where you've been stripped bare to your very core by everything you've just experienced and survived. And you're left with some fundamental truths that I think you really need to confront in yourself. So for anyone who's staying Sunday night, you probably have a healthier relationship <laughs> with, your, with yourself and your identity than I do. But for those of you like me, all Catholics, I guess, um, that, that, that yeah. sort of like the punishment of that Sunday night drive back can be a very clarifying experience. So, Pat, you're saying, OK, when I agreed, I'm all for staying the extra day. You know, uh, I never do it. I'm not like a person that, hey, let's extend this trip and like actually taking some of the sites. I thought you were talking about chasing the party for one more day when I agreed, um, which I'm always down to do. But I understand what you're saying. With the padding of an extra night, you know that like you have this like build in recovery time. Uh, whereas on the way home, you're like, I have to be at work tomorrow. I am maybe too sunburned to show my face in public. If I am patted on the back by a coworker, not for like doing a good job, but for being told like, maybe you should go home. It will hurt because that's how sunburned I am, you know? And yeah, I, I agree, man. Some, uh, you, you're, you're given the opportunity. You're standing at the edge of the cliff right there. Mm-hmm. And and in front of you lies the void, and all you can do is hope to see some of the truth therein. That relationship thing is fucking crazy. By the way. <laughs> uh, good for you, dog. <laughs> We're saving it all for one fifty. It all it all worked out more or less. Some fantastic pearls. Some fantastic pearls of wisdom, though, uh, by the author there. And huge shout out for sending that in. Yeah. All right, the, ne- the next Wildwood topic I want to get to here, and this is something that has been brought to my attention by a couple people recently, both, both the author of, uh, of that previous piece and, and a few other people, etiquette at the beer garden. There's a lot of tournaments that have beer garden situations, Fool's Fest does, Windmill does, 
I think that um, it's a little unique at Wildwood because it's like on the beach, you're all together. You're kind of like roped in, you're kind of, you know, they're like cattle that they kind of like steer into this little area. And then you kind of have to create your own society within there. Like the rules are really, it, it, it's up to the will of the masses at that point. Like what are the norms that get followed when it comes to waiting in line at the beer truck and stuff like that? And, uh, you know, it used to be that people could, they could bring in containers, whatever you wanted, and people were just filling up gallons of beer and like passing out halfway through filling them up. And then it was taking forever and it became much more of like a lawless, you know, just kind of whoever had the like big, you know, empty gallon, like that person ruled. Now it's gone the other way. And it's like, yeah, you can bring some like water and stuff in, but you're only fill up the little cups they give you at the, at the beer truck which I think is probably the right place for it to land. But there was that in-between year in 2017 when they were like, they, they stopped letting people bring anything in. So no one could bring water in. And it was just like the year that everybody blacked out at 8 p.m. as a result. Oh my God. But then people were like smuggling water in, like digging under the fence and like pushing like gallons of sand <laughs> and stuff. So it was, it's been, a, it's been an adventure. So I just wanted, I wanted to put this to you, Tad. Beer garden etiquette. There's there's one big beer truck. Everybody wants it. Is it lookout for number one? What are the you know what what are the sort of like norms that a frisbee society should be following in those type of situations? I mean, personally, it's you and your team, and you need to make sure that you get yours right. So you need to. It's not the same, but it's it's the same idea as forming a phalanx as to not be breached. So like you go up and get beer with your team. Mm-hmm. Um, now that being said, I do love to like try to Tom Sawyer my way to the front of the line, you know, like as the game within the game, Pat, right. you know, it's, it's right. what's what you should do. If you can, you know, you should always have the option to certainly they make some sort of collapsible one gallon pitcher that you can buy on Amazon for $8 that, you can use once at Wildwood, and then we'll end up in the gullet of a blue whale. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, certainly they make that, and like, should you try to game the system always? No. But what, what you can do to make up for that, for spending 11 minutes at the front of the line, you can be good to the other folks in the beer garden. And the best way to do that is to let them in on your sweet team games, right. especially in a situation where cups are being provided. Uh, a cool team game that I like to play is strip sack, which is where you come up behind someone off the blind side, they're holding their beer, and then you yell out the name of your favorite uh, pass rusher, and then you yell strip sack, and you punch the beer out of their hand. People love that. Um, yeah, so look, <laughs> as long as you love uh, that. Mars was so bad for that this year. It was just people holding a beer with two hands everywhere. Like, or even even if it gets spilled, it's like you didn't get the cup. You didn't get the cup out. It's not a strip sack. It's not a strip sack. Yeah. So look, it's all about Pat. We're all just people. We want to be treated well. This is uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with this work, but I think this is what Jesus was all about. You know, people being good to people. <laughs> I'm not right? familiar with his work, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is what Jesus was about. 
I was look. If I'm, I'm trying. Ever, to, if I'm, I'm trying ever to... representing you in court, <laughs> that's our opening argument. I love it. <laughs> when I'm representing you in court for fomenting a child army at the hangar, uh, the hangar sports bar in the hangar sports bar, right? That will be. This will be like, look, the laws Folks. of man. Sure, you broke those. But let me tell you about a man, a, cra- a man with some crazy <laughs> ideas. Three men in one. And I'm like, Pat, they weren't men. Some, one of it was his dad and the other is like sort of like a it's like a spirit. You're like, damn it. And we lose right away. <laughs> this is, you know what? I Yeah. OK, so look, that's 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 where I stand on it, Pat. Mm-hmm. You know, you should everyone should take their turn. I would rather someone spend 11 minutes filling up various receptacles instead of just going front of the line, back of the line, front of the line, back of the line the whole time, mm-hmm. personally. Right. Of course, I mean, I'm saying that now. I don't prefer that. I'd prefer if only my team were there and everyone else were like extras in a video game to be strip sacked. You get it. You get what I'm saying here. What I'll say is that if you're so upset about waiting in line at the beer garden in Wildwood, you've got like bigger problems in life than the fact that you have to wait a little bit longer for beer because someone is, you know, like filling up a couple extra cups for their team or, you know, right. like maybe talking a little bit, like make a friend with who's ever there. Like you're, you're there. It's a magical place. Like take advantage of the moment, you know? Um, right. The, the, the angry, like, oh my God, they're taking so long, you know, thing in the line. Like, come on, come on, save that. Save that for when you are uh, fighting a tourist outside of the Bolero at 3 a.m. You know, that's that's when you're going to need that energy, <laughs> but keep it out there, not in here. <laughs> you strip sacked a milkshake from a server's hand. <laughs> Fucking 3 a.m. strip sack. Oh, um, all right. Next up here, we actually want to get to an email that was sent to us. That is not specifically about Wildwood, but right. I think is applicable to the playing experience that uh, that everyone's gonna everyone's gonna encounter so tad why don't you um why don't you read out the little piece of correspondence that we've gotten here that has some some a universal question attached to it this email coming to us uh from someone who wants to remain anonymous they play in a uh i would say a middle to lower division summer league made up of mostly old folks uh and some of their kids like the writer and some random friends of the team. Like many mixed summer league teams, they have barely enough women matching players at each game, but an abundance of male matching players. This person says that most guys play one, maybe two points in a row, and then sub themselves off. But not this one dude. I'll call him Lunk. Lunk. Lunk will go entire game. Lunk, perfect. That's a great... That's a great name. Uh, some of the old guys had, a, when I was coming up, they had a nickname for this one guy. Uh, sort of in the same vein as Lunk. Uh, they called him Clog No Dump. <laughs> the Dutch name. <laughs> exactly, right. It's like the right. perfect, like, I am Clog. Clog No Dump. <laughs> Lunk will go entire games without subbing. Or sub out only when someone pointedly gives him the, hmm, hey, has anyone not subbed out in a while? He's one of the better players, a captain, and is a longstanding member, but there are some other good people, and it's not like he has to completely carry the team. 
Obviously, it's not a crazy high level of play, but we're undefeated. Rankings don't matter, and he will stay on even if we're up by five-plus goals. I do appreciate the writers saying that they're undefeated, even though it doesn't matter at all. So that is exactly the kind of thing <laughs> you need to just lean into um, your whole career. It's worked for me, and look at me now. He's a nice enough guy, so I'm not sure if he thinks he's saving other people's legs, has some main character syndrome, or what. But what is the best way to get this guy to join the rotation without alienating one of our better players? This is a, this is a question as old as time. Uh, and I think has a lot of applicability for Wildwood. Um, you know, oh, yeah. you're coming into Wildwood a little bit of a summer league vibe in terms of like, you know, it's not, it's not like you have a club team where you have like a coach with a clipboard, keeping track of PT, calling lines out, you know, most Wildwood teams have kind of a healthy, just sort of like, yeah, you play a couple points, you come off, you have a couple, you know, drink a little, come back on good teams, find just a natural rhythm to subbing patterns and it, it can be unspoken, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes, you have to intervene a little bit, both in the league and at Wildwood. Um, so, Tad, I'd be interested to hear. Why don't you give like uh, the, the the grass league advice, and then I'll I'll, I'll put a little beachy Wildwood uh, spin on it. Me personally, to my detriment, I would be like, "Oh, hey, look." Uh, fucking Lunk's going out there again. Lunk, saving the day. We're up five. Everyone wants to play, but only <laughs> Lunk paid the $60 to be part of this league. Yeah, Lunk. Yeah. Get the fuck out of there, dude. That's you can get away with do. that if you're actually calling him Lunk. You know? If you're, if you're, right. if you're, if you're saying Jimmy, it doesn't have quite the same. If, it, if the guy's got a Frisbee name like that, then it works. it works a lot better. It also might be worth applying a nickname to a person who is playing too much that they don't know about. Only you and the rest of the team know about it. Where you're like, mm -hmm. or like, so let's say the guy's name is Steve. Start calling him Hero Steve. Hero Steve out there taking up all the PT. Yeah, Hero. Hero Steve, we're up six. Everyone wants to play, not just you. Get it, Hero. Nice. That's what I would, the over, like, it's not really passive aggressive at that point, but it's not aggressive <laughs> aggressive. It's just, it's a loud call out. How do you keep Steve, which is exactly the avatar for this situation, or the, the hypothetical right. Steve we've been talking about for seven years? The royal Steve, uh, yes. The royal Steve. Uh, how, do you, how do you keep that person from getting, like, pissed off and defensive that you're calling them out like this? Keep the team, the team vibes on even keel. Well, they love Frisbee, right? So Steve loves right. Frisbee. That's why he wants to play every point. So really the onus is on him to to get over it so that he can keep playing Frisbee. It's, I mean, I, I think it's yeah. that simple. The league is, they're not going to, you can't go to another team. You know, like, could he just, could you, if, so like, let's say Steve freaks out, right? Oh, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? And you're just like, Steve, you're playing too much. Certainly you, do you notice that you've played nine of the 10 points in the game thus far? Are you mm -hmm. out of your fucking mind, man? Like, I mean, just think empathy. It's simple. You do that one time and it will probably, I mean, it'll work. Does this guy have, 
I don't know. It, it all depends. Like, does he have tremendous social clout? Like, uh, can he convince other people that that's fucked up? Probably not. None of the mail matching players that he's taking time from. Yeah. I, if there's one lesson to take away from that, and it's something I think we've been talking about a lot on this program, which is uh, just leverage and exploit the fact that people really want to play this sport, you know, and have no other like social skills or options for what to do with their time. When you start seeing through the matrix I wish there were in more that way. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, the, I mean, yeah. So like the dude loves Frisbee. It's so fucking, you know, when it's not close, don't play. It's that simple. What are you, an asshole? Uh, it, it, to, to apply this to Wildwood, I will say when you're out on the beach, you're baking in the heat, you know, you're a little chemically altered, get the adrenaline pumping, you can lose track of time a little bit. You can, you can lose track of your place in things. I've definitely, you know, sort of like snapped back in and realize that I've played like nine points in a row. I've also spent the entire second half of a game arguing a foul call with some dude named Patches and just completely missed the second half of a game. And I will, I regret this. One of my big regrets in life was not just after like seven seconds being like, okay, like, cool. All right. Well, you know, moving on. I, <laughs> I, I lost a half of a Wildwood game to this man. How bad, how bad was it? You know, I don't even remember. Were you out I of line or no? Were you I have line? no idea. I, <laughs> all I, I, I was, I was calling a foul. Uh, I don't, even, I don't even know. All I remember was that I was arguing a foul call with this guy, and we were just like drunkenly talking in circles at each other for the entire second half of the game. And then I looked up, and the game was over. And this, don't do that. My point is, you can lose track <laughs> of time out there a little bit. So there's a couple ways you can handle this. You know, if someone's if someone's playing a lot, you know, and needs to take a little bit of a break, one, just beat them back to the line. You know, at a certain point, you can just take it out of their hands. Wildwood is last back. Just last right. back. You just call last back. Get out there. Natural law. Right. You know, the way another way to do it is to gin up some sort of a sideline drinking game. And presumably this person, if they're playing like way too many points, has like a unhealthy, you know, uh, competitive instinct. You can be like. Beth, you're our only hope. Get over here. We need you to uh, play this game where you flip a card over and randomly something happens. And then Beth will be like, yes, I am the only one who can do that. It's correct. I'll come <laughs> here and I will we'll save, the, save the dignity of the team. I, I was looking for a tweet, Pat. I meant to save it for, this, for the show. I just went back through my likes and I couldn't find it. But uh, the person that we're describing, someone... Uh, someone posted like an email screenshot that was like the subject line was, are you looking for an experienced older handler for Wildwood? And the caption that they wrote in the tweet was, yeah, come on, ruin my weekend. <laughs> Cause that is the type of person that we're talking about mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Like precisely. And as as an experienced older handler, I just want you to know when those emails go out for me next year that I'm not going to play a lot. <laughs> okay, I know. Hey, look, I hey, know thyself. Know thyself. My calf could never make it seven games. You think, you think the beach would be better or worse than than sand for for a calf? Probably, probably worse, right? I think worse. Pat, good news though. I um I have a new like cure for the calf thing. Okay. 
This is like when when Andy Kaufman flew to Mexico to for someone to like uh, pretend to remove his tumor or whatever, but it was just like chicken guts in a little baggie. Sure. And they use sleight of hand, right? So this is it, Tibby Alice. I'm working the Tibby Alice. I top. I talked to Tim Vo, friend of the show, and he's like congruency. You need congruency in the shin and the mm. calf. So I'm working my shin now. Now I'm mm-hmm. the shin guy at the at the gym. I'm Johnny Shins. How, how do you work your shins? It's all like dorsiflexion. Like you bring your toes up, but oh, toe okay. raises yeah. the other way. Yeah. So I'll be cured. <laughs> and I'll be back. Mm-hmm. I'll be back at it. Uh-huh. Yeah, ne- next year. Next year will be the year for Wildwood. Oh, no, no, no. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> I hate to I hate to toot my own horn, but one of the one of the most uh, masterful traditions of this show is mm-hmm. me uh, consistently failing to come to Wildwood. Um, because at first it did it looked exactly like that a failure, but now it's it's a triumph of the human spirit. I wish I could go. Speaking of triumphs of the human spirit, <laughs> it's time for the. The golden goose of this program. The uh, thing you've been waiting all year for. Mm. We're going to hand out the two fat bitches. <laughs> Best Wildwood <laughs> team name. Ooh. Um, a, pretty, a pretty good crop of names this year. You know, and it's, um, it's good to see it's good to see rebounding. Last year, a little bit of a down year uh, in, you know, team registration and, and name quality alike. But the, the registration numbers are back up as we're, you know, coming out of 2020 and, uh, and, and some good stuff this year. So I don't know if there's any that, uh, that like really grabbed you, but I've, I've got a list here of some, of some favorites. Do we want to do the dog shit names first, Pat? Yeah. Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. Okay. All right. I, I just want to say um, it's important to have a baseline mm-hmm. for this sort of thing when you're evaluating, when the stakes are this high. Right. Um, you need to know like sort of the starting point and the measuring stick. Mm-hmm. So for me, that baseline team name is Camel Humpers from Burlington, Vermont. Okay. Home of Sunset Lake CBD, by the way. That's right. So Camel Humpers is... Is great because uh, if someone's like, oh, yeah, like camels have humps, it's clever wordplay. So someone from another team comes up to you and says that, uh, you hit them with, no, 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 we fuck camels. You're an idiot. You're a child. You know? <laughs> so there's always that. Mm-hmm. It creates the pedestal for which you go. So, you know, is it a perfect name? No. But is it a fine, workable name with a lot of bit possibility? Yes, absolutely. So keeping that in mind, the dog shit names I have here, Pat, Big Disc Energy. Terrible. I hate these puns. Uh, Big Flick Energy. Even worse. Right? Huckaholics Anonymous. It's, it's a quarter of an idea, but it's lacking. Like, it just doesn't, it, like, it doesn't quite get there, and in not quite getting there, it is, in fact, very far away from being good. And also, it's beach. How far are you putting it? You know what I mean? Like, that's part of it. Two more here. From the high school division, 
throws before hoes. Radner PA. I was gonna I was gonna ask, okay, so that's a kind of a bad name. But knowing that it's a mixed high school team. <laughs> it makes it worse. Okay. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Like there's a parent chaperone driving throws before hoes several hours to Wild. Right. There's a high school division, which is crazy. There's also a great grandmasters division. No masters, just great grandmasters. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to ask you about, well, there's a new pun on a team name this year, which given how long we've okay. been around Frisbee, I see a new Frisbee pun. I don't know if it's good, but just by okay. being new, I'm kind of impressed. Frizzly Bears. Frizzly Bears. Thoughts? Hmm. Okay, so in 2007, my buddy Nick Turco had a disc that said either Frizz Bears or Frizzly Bears on it. Mm. And he shot a six down at Shenley with a lid. Massive thrower. He just won uh, Masters Worlds, I believe, with Surly. Or GM, GM Worlds, rather, with Surly. World Games, whatever the fuck. I don't love it. I just don't love the shoehorning of the word. Look, if it were Jisby, great. But I don't like shoehorning the other way. It was I don't like shoehorning. Jisby? <laughs> Ultimate, A-L-T-I-M-A-T-E, Jisby. Sign me up. <laughs> get that, me a sun hoodie that try, I hate. I've been trying to get Tattoo Wildwood for seven years, but the only way <laughs> we could do it. That's right, Pat. Ultimate Jisby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so a, a couple here I want to I want to run down. Oh, what, uh, another 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 bad one I want to talk about. Netflix and chill. And I think this is like the third or fourth year of that team. Has had that name? Isn't it chill and Netflix this year? Well, I wanted to get to that. Oh, no. It's both. Oh, God. If the other one is a parody team, is like, has looked at that and been like, that's a dumb name. We're going to be chill and Netflix just to be kind of weird and kind of dick dart this team. Amazing team name. Great. Especially if there's some personal grievance that is not being like responsibly and healthily worked through. And instead, it is manifesting in this way. <laughs> that would be great. Okay, so so a, a couple that I want to just sort of just shout out is like solid, you know, like like yes, good. Yeah. Uh, boardwalk slammers, solid, you know, like a sidewalk slammer, but you're on the boardwalk. Good job, you. Um. <laughs> Eat a disc. Sure. <laughs> you know what? Fine. Um, lucky strike. As long as you're crushing cigs the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Right. One that, and now we're starting to get like a little bit more, you know, a little bit more intellectual, a little bit more experimental. Pat, some of my honorable mentions here from Atlanta, Georgia. Sluts. <laughs> I do like the simplicity of it. Uh, also made our producer and editor Lindsay Sue's list. So that's three votes of confidence in sluts. So that's mm-hmm. that's good. 
Bolero Chlorette Party. Yes, I also had that one, which I eh, I believe is someone's. I, and by I believe, I mean hope. Like deep down in my soul, is someone's <laughs> like bachelor bachelorette party. They did that at Fools one year. There was a team in the open division, and it was a bachelor party, which was kind of sweet. Two more here from the honorable mentions: everything mm-hmm. but bagel. It's a thinker. So all of the all of the fixins, right? All right. the fixins, no bagel, right? Right. Uh, yeah. And then finally, <laughs> more dudes from Wildwood, New Jersey. Right, the legacy team <laughs> playing three-one with eight dudes rostered and one woman rostered, as is tradition. Uh, a couple other legacy team names that I want to shout out: Natty Daddy Issues, classic. Love it. Glad that glad that they're back again. Jordis. Yes. We gotta give yes. we gotta give a shout to Jordis. Right? Great logo. <laughs> yeah, great it's logo. A turtle. It's Elite a turtle logo. wearing Jordis. It's great. So here here are some that are kind of like, you know, a little more maybe, you know, thinkers. A little intellectual. You know? He may, maybe takes a beat uh, to really appreciate it. One of my favorites, I really like the trolley problem. Which is, okay. you know, like the trolley problem, but also like the tram car on the boardwalk. And what is a tram car if not a trolley? You know? <laughs> I just, I will say this. This team gets elevated if they have like an elite spirit game that is like re- like playing out the trolley problem somehow. Yes. Oh my God. Where it's, where it's like you have to give one member of your own team a shot to like stop the other team from having to take five shots or something like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like I love that. There's, uh, yes. There's a game there. Trolley problem. If we, if, 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 if we, if we can connect this weekend and workshop this, let's, let's try to figure it out. I also want to, I, I want to throw some props to know the other Portland, which is a team from Portland, Maine, uh, which could be kind of annoying a little bit, but given that it's Frisbee and the, you know, sort of sphere of influence that Portland, Oregon has. I think for Portland, Maine to just be a little bit like, fuck those guys. Like, yeah. we're, you know. No, I don't know, Raffy Hayes. Get the fuck right. away from me. Yeah. And then uh, Kevin ruined Wildwood 2022, which is good because there's no Kevin on the roster. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe this is why. I'd love to hear the story. Right. Please let us know. All right. Any any others that are kind of in that in that in that space for you? These are the good. These are the top tier names, correct? Top tier. You know, maybe not your absolute favorites, but you know, just ones that you looked at and it took you a minute, a little minute. You're like, okay, there's like there's a couple layers here. There's a couple levels going on. Okay. Yeah, I'll throw one into this category. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Delaware, clean break. Mm. Now, this is one of those ones that it relies heavily on the spirit game. Because they have position, they have positioned themselves, Pat, with a right. name like Clean Break, to circle up with the opposition after a game and awkwardly break up with them, which I really <laughs> like. Like, hey, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, Maybe we should play other teams. Do I want to do it again? I don't think I do. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that you're not a great team that's fun you have some work to do sure but who doesn't right <laughs> good game 
That's how I'm going to treat uh, whenever I have to play like <laughs> European teams where you have to do spirit circles or whatever afterwards. Like that's how I'm going mm-hmm. to treat that from now on. Next kind of category I want to touch on here are um, just straight up good old fashioned like gross sex jokes that make you chuckle. Okay. Two from two from Sue's list here. Reptile dysfunction. <laughs> Great. Love it. And then uh, Areola 51, which is so dumb, it's kind of brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's well said, Pat. That's well said. Uh, any others that are kind of in that in that zone for you? Yes, from New York, Pat. Daddy's little daddy. <laughs> right? Ooh, are you daddy's little daddy? <laughs> Just being super... And you're... Because when you align yourself... When you get into the daddy mommy mode, the daddy mm-hmm. mommy baby Bermuda Triangle pen. Right. You know you can't turn it off when you're in a diner. You you can't. You can't as as a teen as a member of Daddy's Little Daddy. Mm-hmm. You can't go in and order a short stack of pancakes without being like, Daddy would like three choco chip pancakes. That would make Daddy <laughs> very happy. <laughs> And then no tip. <laughs> What's great about Wildwood is that wouldn't phase <laughs> anyone who works on the boardwalk. <laughs> They're like, hash browns, daddy? <laughs> okay, now a couple that uh, are just in the category of straight up weird. Okay. Gilk. G-I-L-K. And the logo is Beyonce right. with a big milk mustache. I don't understand it. I don't either. I, I don't know what it is, but it has a it has a bold confidence that I really appreciate. <laughs> it's good on you, Gilk. We know what we're about. There's a whole like string of daddy team names too. Uh, Which maybe maybe this might be the last year of daddy stuff. Right. I think daddy's probably done after this. Yeah. Wait, nice yeah, going. Daddy assholes. might be overexposed. Bubbly cheese, daddy, please. See you out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now, now the the ones that that made me like absolutely. I'm not saying these are the best, but the ones that I that looked at and immediately just like, ha, you know, <laughs> really, really got me. Well, I'll, I'll I'll go with just just one for first. Maybe we'll trade we'll trade a couple here in this, sure. in this sort of like elite tier category. My wife left me. Oh, you you stole what is perhaps my favorite one on the list. <laughs> Maybe a, so good. A, a companion piece to... <laughs> I remember our, the first year we did this, 2015, first show ever, I think our favorite team name from that year was Divorced Dads. <laughs> I, I just... I love it so much, and I really want the story. If anyone knows any... Well... Yeah, if anyone knows, they're from Troy. I'm gonna be able to sniff that down. Represent Troy, New York. My old, my old stomping grounds in my youth. All right, here's one, Pat. Mm -hmm. This one, I don't really know where to place this, but I liked it. Oh, Faptastic beasts and where to grind them. (laughs) (laughs) Now. Fabtastic is a little ham-fisted, but and where to grind them is really good. It's a team from Pittsburgh. I don't know a ton of people on that team, but well done nonetheless. I definitely stopped and like, you know, it's one of those ones you reread three times immediately. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel about pooping on company time? <laughs> I was indifferent about it. I thought it was, <laughs> thought it was fine. I think my grandpa would really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pro union, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? Now I'm I'm changing. My, I, I really like it now if they're yeah. pro union. Yeah, right, I've got one more. I've got one more, and this is the one that I think is going to be my my not. We'll confer on what, but this is this this okay. this, is, this is the one that like felt like it was like breaking new ground. I think okay. I was going to say I think I know where you're going, but I don't. I have two more. Do you want me to do one before you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your final one? Yeah, do one. I don't think I'm swagger jacking. No, maybe we have the same. We'll say it at the same time. Probably okay, not. Okay, ready? <sighs> All right. No, no, well, do, let do, me do. Do the other, do the one you think it's not first. The last bar fighter. It was not that one. I tell do me why, like tell that me why though. That's good. It's good because the standard that you're holding the team to is like, we are insane. <laughs> <laughs> we are ready to act r- absolutely ridiculous in a place where there is a high tolerance for that. You can't turn down any pull play game no matter how ridiculous it is correct the last bar fighter right 100 percent. right should we do are we doing this on three pat okay this on three all right one right two three glitterous full bush (laughs) (laughs) i like glitterous I think it's very good, but something about full bush, man. I do think it's in like a way, this soup. is the duality of the two of us in some sense. <laughs> I just like yeah. that gl- glitterous sounds like it could be like a Kesha album that comes out like on <laughs> Wildwood Weekend. That's totally true. Uh, full bush on the other hand, is timeless. Mm-hmm. You know, it could come out any weekend. It could come out at Wildwood. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I feel confident <laughs> that it will. Um, We've got a big decision to make here, Pat. <sighs> really big decision. Mm. I mean, my wife left me is so good. I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how we can. I don't know how we could. That would be like um, Jesse Schaffner not winning the Callahan. <laughs> I, 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 I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this because I think my wife, my wife left me needs it more. Right. They need a win. They need a quick win. Glitterous is going to be their own thing. Like, they, like Glitterous is going to have a great time this weekend regardless of this meager acknowledgement. You know, Glitterous, I'm sure, is going to have like an amazing jersey and is going to be sick. My wife left me. I think I think that's a little bit more it's a little bit more our our specialty. All right, agreed. Well, there it is. There it is. Congratulations the 2022 winner of the Two Fat Bitches Best Wildwood <laughs> Team Name Award goes to My Wife Left Me from Troy, New York. Well done. Well done, wife. <laughs> right. The real winner here, of course, is the person who left 
the, the, the wife who left this relationship is the real winner, of course. I really hope there's a divorce guy on the team. There has to be a divorce guy on the team, right? See, that, yeah, we made the right choice. Listen, I really need this. Guys, Pat, right. Tad, I really, if I could just call her, can I use your phone? You have a phone. Yeah, but she might have, look, they, they blocked my, if I could just use your phone, I could set things right. <laughs> Outside of a tattoo parlor, fucking 2 a.m. wild. <laughs> On the boardwalk. Just give me your goddamn phone. What do you want? You want drugs? You want money? Well, I've got a lot of one and none of the other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, hope hope everybody has a great time at Wildwood, especially the people with the good names. The people with the bad team names have a, have a slightly less good time. Fuck off. I'm playing on team Jeopardy. Uh, so come say hey. Um, would love to would love to hang out, even if we're waiting in a very long line at the beer garden. Uh, very excited to be going back this year. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. Trash, trash, fuck boy. Stick around. It's in the fields. Sin the Fields is brought to you by B Ultimate Apparel. Club captains claim your free B Ultimate jersey, just pay shipping. B Ultimate wants to give each club captain a first-hand experience of what it's like to work with them, from their performance-focused products to their clear timelines to their outstanding customer service. We here at Sin the Fields think you'll be in good hands. Tell your club team captains to visit BeUltimate.com, that's B-E-Ultimate.com, to claim your free jersey. My club team just got our B jerseys for SFI, and they were great. Everybody was uh, was really pleased. It's nice about B jerseys. They're tight up top, but a little forgiving down by the waist. You know what I mean? For a real mm. athlete. who's not in the gym for sculpted abs, you know? It's show pony muscles. Uh, but for someone who's, right, someone who's just exclusively doing like light band work... Maybe rolling on a medicine ball for a little bit and then uh, just like drinks three protein shakes. It's like, great. All right. Athlete. Did it. Fuck yeah. Getting your tibialis workout in there. Mm-hmm. Wearing mm-hmm. your B jersey and then crushing 120 mm-hmm. grams of protein. But let me also be clear. B jerseys are for hot people. And if you buy one, you'll also, you'll be, people will know that you're one of the, you'll it, you'll it'll be a you'll be a hot. You want to be hot, don't you? <laughs> it's all about sex. That was the first <laughs> thing. That was the email Quinlan sent us. Just like sex it up, boys. And this partnership is gonna work. You gotta know one thing. <laughs> Look, the B stands for beautiful, and the E stands for envious. Because every <laughs> beauty we trot out there in a B nighty. Is going to be envied by everybody. And then Pat said, B-90s. And he said, just you wait. Just you wait. It was a hell of a business lunch. It's a hell of a business lunch. <laughs> he was fired shortly thereafter by the brass at B. Yeah. 
<laughs> Do we want right. to go ahead? You want to keep yeah. going, Pat? You want to keep doing this fanfic of Quinlan as McConaughey in Wolf of Wall Street at lunch? Yeah, I'll film and Louise off that cliff with you. <laughs> All right, before we get to trash, trash, fuck, boy, and get out of here, I'm going to tease our subs only section this week. That's Ooh. right, we're back in the Fins in the Field subscribers only lounge. Speaking of sex. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got to interject with that more. <laughs> Maybe you're listening to this on the drive up to Wildwood. Maybe you're listening to this on the drive back from Wildwood, which sounds kind of sad. And I wouldn't I wouldn't listen to this now. Not recommended. No, no. Um, but we've got a great hellish travel story from United States of America under 24's own Solomon Yannick. And we'll be friend of the, the show. Friend of the show. You know what? He earned it. He earned it. Friend of the show. And we're going to talk about that in the subs only lounge. So make sure you subscribe to Alti World. You can check out all of our subscriber only shows. You can watch footage from the, the world clubs, club worlds right now, probably. If that's if that's what you're into. Okay. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> trash, trash, fuck boy. <laughs> you can listen to a secret recording we made. At a business lunch with Kevin Quinlan. Mm-hmm. All 95 mm-hmm. minutes of it. Yeah. Sorry. Trash, trash, fuck boy, Pat. Here we go. Why don't you kick us off? All right. So, taking the train back from SFI, and there's a guy on it sitting next to me. And I sit down, and he sits down. And then he gets up. I'm like window seat. He's aisle. It's an Amtrak train. Takes out some like handy wipes, like alcohol wipes, and wipes down like the whole seat, the whole like tray table, okay. back of the thing, everything. Thorough guy, thorough guy. Very thorough guy. And I'm like, wow, okay, I guess I, I don't want to like, you know, violate this guy's personal space. So I'll try to keep my, you know, <laughs> my stuff tidy over here. And then I realize about 10 minutes later, when he picks his nose, that he's not wearing a mask. Come on, guy. What's up with that? I had a mask on and this motherfucker is out here like like like, you know, wiping everything down or whatever. And then it's straight up picking his nose on the train maskless. Come on. Make Wait sense. A second. That's all I ask. All I ask is that you make sense to me. I can't cope with the brokenness of the world, guy. All right. <laughs> Describe the pick, Pat. Long. Really? Yeah. Flicking or saving? I don't want to. <laughs> it uh, matters. It matters. Like crumbling? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. It was It was like the end of a long, hot weekend, and it just kind of like put me over the edge a little bit just watching it happen. Like, what is your fucking deal, man? <laughs> Either be a... A weird, filthy guy who picks his nose maskless on a train mm-hmm. uh, and just lives in the in the filth hand he was dealt in his seat. You can't rub it all down and then be like, now it's mine to Sully. Can't do that. I agree with you, Pat. That's trash. Trash. That's right. All right. Next up in trash, also from my adventures at SFI, there were some people who were rocking the like just compression tights look. In the, in the men's division at SFI. And you know what? Play how you're comfortable. I get that or whatever. 
but you there was like a glint in their eye kind of a knowing like look at me i'm just wearing tights <laughs> dog it was funny right. once it was funny when once sub zero did it in 2014 right. when sub zero did it and now it is eight years later it's not brave no it's not funny it's not cute okay Grow the fuck up. <laughs> Grow the fuck up. And put on some fine B shorts. <laughs> You're garbage. Uh, okay, Pat. Man, it, it's rare on the day that we record for, for something to, to pop up and so clearly make the list. But when I saw this uh, pop up on the Twitter timeline, I knew it had to be done. Uh, at Dougal Sports on Twitter posted some clip from Worlds, which is like a big clearing play. It's not a clearing play. A male matching player cuts deep, sees a female matching player who is wide open, and then cuts hard under. So there's footage of that. There's a clip of that. And then here's the caption. Game two has my favorite play of the entire weekend, but I doubt most people are smart enough to appreciate it. How many times does a dude eject from the handler space, get 10 yards on their defender, and then just hang out in the deep space and pout that they didn't get the disc? Yo, you don't think people are smart enough to appreciate a fucking clear... You don't think people get it? You don't think people are smart enough to get it? You posted a clip of a fucking clear and you're like, is this money ball? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, we could talk about this for an hour. Honestly, I think this touches on this touches on a lot. Let's start with here. Let's start with this. How low is the bar that you're setting to like backslap <laughs> male matching players? That you're like, you did a rudimentary frisbee skill in a way that didn't totally fuck up your offense. Oh, you're a genius. Brilliant. I mean, ama- I mean, the, 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 not like, everyone you know, will get it. Not everyone will get not, it. Though. Not everyone will get it. But this guy out here cutting, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's just seeing the chessboard, you know, and is a feminist hero, you know? So that's, you know, that's great too. Also, most of you are stupid. Right. Let's not forget about that. I think it's this like, this like NBA, you know, like Twitter kind of spillover into Frisbee. And like, you know, I'll, I like the NBA. I like basketball. I'm not going to shit on that. But just this like thing that's starting to crop up a little bit now of just kind of like breaking down some footage and then just highlighting like incredibly rudimentary aspects of a play as though you're just like, you know, it's like, oh, this is genius. And this is like, oh, like. I, I guess try to put a point on it. There's a movement happening right now of people wanting to point out very simple parts of the game as this like very elite skills as a way of signaling that like I understand what real good ultimate looks like. It's like great yes. dump sets, you know, and it's like aware players who are able to make space. Like I'm not one of these rubes who's out here impressed by big hucks and bids. You know, I understand nuance. I understand subtlety. You know, I have a Rothko print in my apartment. All right. <laughs> I get art, brother. 
and and for that reason, that's why this tweet is not cool or insightful, even if Tina Booth or Mike Payne had posted it. You know, it's like calling everyone dumb doesn't make you smart. Fuck off. And calling everybody dumb that like Oh, the beauty of, like, you're the fucking kid in, in American Beauty watching the fucking bag dance around for 10 minutes, calling everyone else an idiot? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to conclude the 150th edition of a segment where we call everybody else trash and fuckboys and dumb idiots. We don't insult their intellect. We do not insult their intellect. Except in the several instances <laughs> when we have. Now, that being said, which it was, mm-hmm. nah, I mean, we're just as bad as that. Well, not, here's the thing. We're not just as bad, and that's what we can hang our hat on, you know? <laughs> Look, and congrats on the likes, bro. <laughs> Look, Tad, Frisbee's like jazz. Sometimes it's about the cuts you don't make. You know what I mean? Well, that tweet was scat, my man. It was shit. It was a shit tweet. Ooh. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. And some of you may have intuited from the ridiculously indulgent episode that this was. Uh, That's going to be it for us for a little while now. Um, We're going to be going on hiatus, taking a little break, but for good reasons. Uh, because Tad has uh, gotten an awesome opportunity to work on a really cool new project for the next uh, immediate future. So, Tad, you want to tell people what you're cooking on right now? Sure. Yeah, me and my buddy, John, are going to do a a Pittsburgh sports and, you know, Pittsburgh... I mean, Pittsburgh sports-adjacent and Pittsburgh-centric podcast for a sports book for a while getting into the casino business <laughs> i'm gonna learn the <laughs> casino business yeah i'm gonna be mo green i'm gonna get shot in the eye <laughs> while getting a mas- while getting a massage was the masseuse in on it pat did they I let the masseuse yes. live yes because the masseuse lives whereas in some other parts of the 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 other parts of that massacre the bystanders were not as lucky so i say the masseuse was in on it Okay. Yeah, I mean they're just some regular person. They're not they're not involved. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so doing I'm going to be doing that for a while and I don't know what's going to happen with the show. It's really it's crazy to think it's been 150 episodes and yeah, I didn't think that I I really I didn't think we would get this far and I don't think uh I mean I know like I couldn't have done Probably probably 15 episodes with anybody else on the staff. And I, Pat, you and I really didn't know each other very well when we started this. No. We hung out once in person. And yep. then we started the podcast, and I feel like <laughs> I'm excited to see what kind of antics you come up with at my wedding, man. I mean, we've, <laughs> I feel like we've grown really, really close over the last seven years. And uh, Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, the past seven years... Just our friendship has been one of the most like enriching things that has happened in my life in that time. And you listeners at home are the sick voyeur weirdos 
who have just been taking part as the third wheel in this <laughs> friendship <laughs> triangle as two guys become emotionally vulnerable around each other. Uh, sad. Is that what you want to do? You want to watch, you want to watch two guys become friends? You have sick freaks? <laughs> Talk to somebody. <laughs> See somebody about that, you fucking weirdos. Yeah, well, Tad, I just want to say really excited about the new project you're working on and not to be like condescending in any way, but like really proud too because you've been like putting in the work on making like some really, really great content over the past couple of years on that front. So to see you get this opportunity and get recognized is like really exciting. So how can people, uh, how can people follow uh, what you're going to be up to? Uh, at this point, we don't have a name or anything. We do have like, we do have release dates, which is a little scary. Um, but you can check out my Twitter at Dick and Sauce. Um, you can, I'll definitely be posting the shows when they're available on there. And we'll be doing, you know, some Steeler stuff, but we're also going to be doing a lot of, if you want a glimpse behind the curtain of what it's like to live in southwestern Pennsylvania, uh, this is your chance. But don't move there. Only, only this amount. <laughs> don't. It's already getting too crowded. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to be uh, taken down as like a NIMBY villain of Pittsburgh <laughs> for being like, fuck San Francisco bros buying up all the houses in my neighborhood. So stay tuned for that. It'll be exciting. <laughs> So, you know, I think right now we're planning on coming back in some way, shape or form at some point uh, with with STF shows, but maybe we won't. And that's just the ambiguity that you'll have to live with in life. But uh, I think I'm (laughs) we're really really what we're doing is sparing you a two hour look back show. Right. So you're welcome <laughs> for that is our lasting gift to you. Now you can, you know, we, we just went out for cigarettes and surely we'll be back soon. You know, I think at the end of our first show, we kind of made the promise of like, we'll be back unless we're not uh, more episodes unless we don't because Charlie pulls the plug on this immediately. So we'll end, we'll end things now on that on that familiar note. But hey, man, 150 episodes, seven years. Seven years is a lot longer than things worked out for you, Alex. If you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. There's no way he is. There's no way he is, but... uh, You sack of garbage. (laughs) Uh, It's been fun, man. Love you, buddy. Yeah, well, we still got a subs only coming up after this. We can get real in there right now. Yes. Yeah. All right, for Tad Whistle, I'm Patrick Stegemiller. It's rich, it's compelling, it's in the fields. Unbelievable this didn't get shut down. Right? Before this point. How on earth would they let us leave on our own terms? <laughs> this is like when Phoenix beat Buzz Bullets. Yep. The worlds. <laughs> just just some stocky white dudes throwing up garbage and uh, having to come down successfully somehow. <laughs> <laughs>